Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast here with Derek Vandegrift, and we're going to talk a little fall camp, and we're going to talk a little baseball. How you doing, Derek? Doing good, buddy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing doing just quite peachy. Um, just interviewed okay. Walker Jones as we record this. Um, mm-hmm. Their day of giving is Monday. I, I suggest everybody take advantage of that. They got some pretty good giveaways and stuff like yeah. that. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. as we're recording this, we, you know, either one way or another, this is happening after going to air after yeah. Cameron Franklin announces. Yeah. So yeah. We don't know. So just because mm-hmm. it's on the air and being posted, um, just realized that this was recorded ahead of time. So, yeah, Derek, what can't what wait to see him in a rebel uniform, though. Yeah, <laughs> just calling your shot there. Okay, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I can say is, um, even though this is being recorded ahead of time, it should he pick Ole Miss, I do not want to be an Auburn fan. No, if you're an well, Auburn boner <laughs> after what you've done. Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. Back. Well, and, and I'm I'm kind of taking the mindset of it. Uh, whatever he does this coming up Saturday when he uh, announces his commitment, like I'm I'm going to stay grounded a little bit if he p- picks Ole Miss or if he picks Auburn, one of the two, uh, because it's still a long way to December, right? Like I've had my heart broke way too many times. So you know, obviously I'd rather him commit to Ole Miss and then us have to fend off the the suitors from there instead of us playing catch up, but uh, obviously not over till December one way or another. So, but sure hope he's in a rebel uniform come next season. This is a weird situation. Like I, I, you know, it's hard for me to have inside information whenever I'm located in central Florida, but in this recruitment, I've heard it from multiple sides. I kind of have a good grasp of what's going on. Yeah. I can't talk about it, but uh, at least I know what to expect. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, though. So, uh, you know, ready to get that part over with and more importantly, ready to get the season started. Right. 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 What What are your camp? What are your fall camp thoughts? What What's the main storylines that you're thinking about right now? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of stay on defense all the time myself, man, you know, because, uh, you know, if we end up having, you know, just call it a top. 40 top 30 defense something like that then this offense which i think is going to be incredibly special i mean if you have a defense that's even that good then you're set yourself up for what could be a pretty special season right if uh if it all falls the the right way uh because i think this offense is going to be absolutely dynamic man like i've i've kind of tried to temper my expectations going through uh not not only spring ball but then when fall camp come around too uh you know, not to get my hopes up too high about it, but the more I see, the more I read, the 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 videos I watch, obviously I'm not at practice, so I can't, you know, speak to what they actually look like and see and what people are putting out there. But uh, when you look at the talent all around the field on offense, man, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, I feel like our offensive line is going to be really good, uh, especially the front five, the, the starting five unit there on the offensive line. And you know, it seems like we've got more defensive linemen than maybe we thought going back to spring and a little bit before that. You know, we've got a little bit of depth there. And I don't care what kind of defense you run, who your defense coordinator is. If uh, if your defensive line isn't going to raise a little bit of hell, then your defense just isn't going to be real good. So, uh, really excited about them. Uh, Aiden Williams has obviously been the talk of camp, too. You know, all the 
incredible catches he's been making. He's really impressing people, and we'll see what it actually looks like when he gets on the field against an SEC team with that, with uh, people really trying to scheme for him and stop him a little bit. Uh, but you know, you would rather him be this good in fall camp than not, regardless. Uh, and then same thing with Suntary and Perkins. Uh, you know, there's the the praise coming for him out of this uh, fall camp has been you know, astronomical as far as what they're expecting from him. Uh, not not so much this year, him being, you know, this great player this year, but down the road being one of, one of if not the top defensive player in the SEC as his career progresses. So, you know, it's real excited to see those guys get their, uh, their Ole Miss career started and, uh, you know, see what Pete Golden can do for us because I think Lane and the crew is going to put up a ton of points this year, so we just got to come up with a few stops. Yeah, and – no matter what happens earlier today, like I said, we're recording mm-hmm. this on Friday, the day before the announcement. Um, but this defensive line class, even without Camarion Franklin, is one of the better defensive classes yeah. that Ole Miss has signed at least mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. You have a generational mm-hmm. defensive player. Everybody's talking about what Centarian Perkins can be. Mm-hmm. And you can see the talent just kind of accordion stretching out. Yeah. This team in 2024, Five, and I know the wait to next year conversation, all that. But yeah, yeah, the point of looking at what this defense could be in 2025. Yeah, it's, ooh, it's, it's special, a special man. Yeah, yeah, it could be one of the better defenses in the country if we, uh, you know, especially if we pull Franklin to go along with the rest of these guys, like you were talking about. Uh, it certainly seems like Goldie and Kiffin have a plan going into this recruitment cycle, doesn't it? And it's just. Mm-hmm. At defensive lineman on top of defensive lineman on top of defensive lineman and get as many of those guys as you can and, uh, you know, get them into your program, start working them, start developing them. And uh, kind, kind of like you said with Suntary and Perkins there right now, you know, he'll be a sophomore when they're freshmen, his junior year and their sophomores uh, when, when they all have experience under their belts. Uh, it, it could be a really special defense here in a couple of years. So uh, they, they definitely have a plan. They're attacking that plan. They seem to be, uh, executing it pretty well so far, too, and and Cam Franklin would be the cherry on top of all of it. Okay, so we all assume that Jackson Dart is going to be the quarterback that takes yeah. the first snap against Mercer. Everybody says that every sign out there is pointing that direction other than what Lane Kiffin says. So the, yeah. that that is how that goes. So the thing is, Jackson Dart is the quarterback. Now what? Well, I mean, now you just go out there and you score 40 a game, you know, and uh, try try to get to Atlanta, right? Uh, you know, we, me and you talked about it several times throughout the summer and all leading up to it. You know, we we never believed it was that much of a quarterback competition. Not that Kiffin didn't want it to be, but Dart with his the the way he's developed, the way he's progressed as a player, you know, you you expected it coming into year two under the staff. And, uh, you know, from all indications, it seems like he's made that jump from year one to year two that you normally see, uh, particularly under really good offensive minds too, right? You know, when you have guys like Kiffin and, you know, go go look at like Bobby Petrino, right? When, when he gets his hands on a young quarterback, you know, yeah, there might be some growing pains there in year one. By the time year two comes around, he gets a grasp of his system, then he's going to make that jump too. That's what great offensive minds do. That's what great quarterback coaches do. Uh, and and I, I didn't expect it to be anything different going into this year. And it certainly doesn't seem to be either because uh, all indications seem Dart's going to take over. Uh, it sounds like he looks really good. 
one thing I was really excited about was the reports coming out about how big of a leadership role he's taken on this team, right? Because that's who you want to be your leader. You want your quarterback to lead the team, not only offensively, but defensively as a completely cohesive unit. You would like for your quarterback to be able to take over and, and lead everybody as one because that's who everybody looks to in crunch time. So uh, it sounds like he's been able to take that over too, uh, which is a really good sign, I think, to go along with the immense talent that he showed last year too. Uh, you know, he had the struggles here and there. I thought he played really well overall, but uh, – you know, if he's able to harness the uh, gunslinger mentality a little bit that kind of got him in trouble some last year, uh, hopefully they they work on slides about five times a day in practice too. That way he can start getting down a little bit uh, and, and instead of lowering his shoulder against linebackers. And, you know, that, that way he can keep playing the next play over and over again. But then you look around, you got Quinshawn Judkins behind him, really deep running back room uh, with Roscano and, and Jam Griffin and Bentley too. So you got a lot of guys that can take some pressure off of him too to kind of let him settle into his own way, play the game the way he wants to be played. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be absolutely dynamic this year. I can't wait to see him play. Yeah, and your podcast, Dids in the Dugout, um, I call it mm -hmm. Ole Miss Baseball and more. I've added that myself. Um, yeah. You've had a couple of co-hosts since you started. It's doing quite yeah. well. I, I, mm -hmm. I've enjoyed listening to it. Um, last week you had Chad Flowers. He's going to help us out yeah. on the network a little bit as well. Yeah. But talk about what you have going on on that channel coming up. Uh, yeah, so uh, here – just as soon as I get done with you here in a little bit, I'm going to hop over and me and Hitch are going to have Will Furness on the show, the Ole Miss first baseman. Uh, sophomore is going to start his second year here at Ole Miss. I, I kind of reached out to him earlier in the week. Uh, I knew he was playing summer ball. He was traveling back uh, from, from summer ball when me and him were talking. Uh, he was kind enough to get back with me, obviously. So that was really nice. Uh, so, yeah, he, he agreed to come on the show. We're going to talk a little bit. Uh, go over his first season in Oxford, what it was like. Uh, and, and then summer ball, I, I, I was keeping up with him uh, uh, this summer. I had a tweet out, I think it was last week, that, you know, it was almost Tim Elko level crazy. Every time I opened the app, Will, Will Furness had hit another ball, either to the wall or out. You know, he was hitting home runs and doubles all over the place. So that was really nice to see. Obviously an incredible player, incredible talent. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk to him about his first year in Oxford, summer ball, and then kind of, you know, jumping into next year, right? You're, you're looking for a big bounce back for the Rebels. I think we're going to be pretty dang good. Uh, so we'll we'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, not sure how much he will really know about it because he's been pretty busy this summer, like I said, doing the summer ball and all. So he's he's probably got to meet some of the teammates and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to have him on, though. Uh, I, I figured it was something that people would be really interested in hearing from him. Uh, so, so ready to get that recorded and get that out for all of you. All right, Rebels in the minor leagues, the, the ex-Rebels or the former Rebels that have graduated, how, how yeah. who, who should we be, be paying attention to? Tim Elko has yeah. made it into Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, and hit a bomb on uh, Thursday night too. I, I woke up to that Friday morning with my coffee. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't matter what city he goes to, he just keeps hitting, man. That's just what he does. He he hits no matter where he's at. Uh, no, he'll probably spend the rest of the – rest of the baseball season there uh and then you know hopefully get moved up and, and maybe even get a look in spring training the way his year has gone this year he's he's absolutely hit everything inside so uh i see a lot of calvin harrison jacob gonzalez there with the white Sox too you know uh and andrew mcdaniel he's with the white Sox. i see a good bit of him too he seems to be pitching pretty well uh run into a little bit of troubles last start had like uh 
10 hits, but only had three runs against him in six innings, so technically quality start. So uh, Drew was a guy that always had really good stuff. You just figure out a way to harness it. And, uh, you know, he's, he seems to be putting together a pretty solid year there with the White Sox minor leagues too. So, uh, but, yeah, Jacob, he's he's kind of tweaked his uh, stance a little bit and, and the way he swings, he's uh, kind of balancing himself a different way when he takes that step towards the ball. To, to keep him from falling off so much. You know, you saw him falling off the first base so much in college. and But, you know, when you're here for, for three years and you hit the way he does, you, you don't really want to mess with that too much. So so we'll we'll let the uh, White Sox decide how to how to tinker with that a little bit. But, yeah, Hillman Calvin hitting the ball pretty well, it seems like. So super happy for them. And, uh, you know, guys you'll probably be seeing in the next year or so kind of skyrocket up that system. Yeah, it looks like Hayden Dunhurst got um, promoted to high A as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the first start. Uh, it was either Thursday night or, or Friday night, one of the two is when he got promoted and he's going to make his first start. Uh, you know, that's that's a guy I fully expect to see in the majors, even if he ends up not hitting. That was always the uh, question with him going into the draft. Would he hit enough? He's one of those that if he doesn't hit enough, his defense is so good that he can at least make it to the major leagues as a backup catch or something like that to give somebody a breather because he's – Got elite pop time and elite arm, somebody that can really control the running game, and that's a coming to obviously a much bigger thing in the major leagues right now with the new rules they have in place is, is being able to control that run gas. He's one of the best, if not the best, I've ever seen do it. All right, and as, as everybody knows, I've been a lifelong Detroit Tigers fan since about March, mm -hmm. and this past week, over the past seven days, Spencer Torkelson, six home runs. Yeah, he's he's been crushing the ball too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, him. You got a lot of young guys down there, man. They're they're, they're going to be really exciting to see next year. I think uh, you know, especially with some moves y'all made at the deadline, freeing up a little bit of room here and there. So, uh, yeah, one one of the more exciting young young teams in baseball for sure. Yeah, it, it should be really nice. And Riley Green is just he's special. He's incredible. He's incredible. When you when you get Max Clark up there with 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 him in that outfield, man, it's uh it's gonna make for a hell of a hell of a one two three with uh them two and Torkelson, that's for sure. Yeah, and if and, only y'all could have got Gray. Yeah, seriously, I want it, Gray Kessinger. Uh, but Max Clark is still in the FCL down here, and his friends and family. And I, I joke all the time: the sicko that I have become in baseball is me sitting yeah. in a state park across the street watching through the outside fence to try and catch Max Clark's debut. That is what I've become. Yeah, well, um, I mean, so, baseball sickos are the best, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting on him to get to Lakeland. Once he gets to Lakeland, um, he'll be up there. There's a couple of prospects there, but him and um, I think McGonigal, um, mm -hmm. th those are two top five prospects that will be going through the yeah. Lakeland system here relatively soon but being straight yeah. out of high school it might be next year they start off with spring training and all that yeah yeah you, you you've got you know less than a month of minor league ball left right now so that 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 season is going to be coming to an end and uh you know then the real real good baseball season starts up you know we're we're creeping towards october a little bit and that that kind of gets the juices flowing for me over here being a brace fan that's that's what all about we're kind of skating through the regular season and wish i get to the postseason and uh you know World Series are bust here for the Atlanta Braves. One of the best offenses in Major League history. What they're doing with the bats is absolutely nuts right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Ol Olsen's just nuts. And then they have a yeah. too, too mm -hmm. much talent on that team. But it, it always it always happens. A team like Atlanta that just goes through just mashing everybody and all of a sudden 
the yeah. Chicago Cubs are going to win the World Series or something like that. It's coming yeah, in to yeah, take I mean, that last should, wild card spot. Yeah, yeah. You look back 2021, the year the Braves did win the World Series. You know, it was the Dodgers just running through people left and right all throughout the regular season and the postseason until they get to the NLCS, and that's when the Braves end up taking uh, uh, the the series in six games, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very rare that the best team ends up winning it, but – and this year, 2023, the best team's going to win it. The Braves are going to get it done this year. All right. You heard Derek right there. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Derek, thank you so much, and have a good interview with Will, man. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Hi, Toddy. Hotty toddy.